Hi, and welcome to episode 25 of the PTM podcast powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. Well, welcome to part two of a three-part series on the types of vehicles that relate to coaching. So don't worry, I'll get back to some more practical tips after this series. But in this episode, in case you haven't guessed it, the vehicle is the ambulance. Now, if I had a student relate to a vehicle in this episode, which we won't, it would be the junker or the lemon, according to this pro anyway. And the idea behind this is that there's always a problem almost after every shot and the problem never seems to be the same. There's no rhyme or reason, just a comment, usually negative. And when the lesson is over, there's really nothing to grab onto for the student, which leads me into a quick story. It's story time with Coach Mick. All right, so when I was a USPTA tester in the Midwest section for nearly 25 years, and I remember one particular private lesson that definitely stands out. Testing, by the way, was a great experience for me, and I highly recommend getting involved if you're interested. You'll learn a ton, and continued learning is huge in our industry for sure. Plus, on the flights back, I always made sure to have the extra long layovers because the Delta Club Room used to only be $50 a year, and there were a lot of goodies in there that were uh, self-serve. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, it gave me time to go over all the tests that I had to comment on. So if you haven't taken the test yet, one tip on the lesson part I remember is that most applicants got the diagnosis down in the lesson, but the cure was the hard part. My advice to you is come up with more than one cure for a common problem or deficiency, or in layman's terms, come up with three ways to help your student achieve, let's say you're working on the finish or longer hitting zones, for example, or whatever you're looking for. I was in Milwaukee administering the private lesson portion of the exam. There was one applicant in particular that was giving the private lesson, and I can still picture the task that I commented on being I was in the club room working on it so hard, haha. But every shot hit on the forehand had a different issue. He would say things like, oh, that one was late. Oh, that one was too hard. Oh, that one didn't have enough spin on it. All right, that one had too much spin. All right, you hit that one too high. No, don't roll over the ball. All right, that finish wasn't high enough. Come on, take it back sooner. Move your feet. Turn more. All right, great job. Let's get the balls up. Now, my response looking at that test, that wasn't even an exaggeration, was just pick one and go with it. He was all over the place, which leads us to today's quick tip. And now, today's quick tip on the PTM Podcast. All right, so today's quick tip is pick one thing. Don't try to correct each shot every time it's hit. There's no redos anyway. So even though you comment on every one, it's not like you can turn back time and redo that one. So just opportunities. So instead, try to look for the primary issue and go from there before the fact. If you do this, you've presented an opportunity to the student to try to focus on something and improve on something instead of after the fact. Now, as a tester, the student was supposed to match the primary problem that I saw, but the key for me was even if the primary problem didn't match mine, that was okay as long as he progressed properly and the student learned and improved. So let's start with the positive. 
All right, now, depending on where you work, this might be somewhat appropriate because there's sometimes you will not be able to develop someone's stroke over time. And the two positions I can think of offhand are, one, the resort pro, and two, the academy or camp pro. So let's start with the resort pro. I was a resort pro for 30 years, and to be honest, I, I didn't give a lot of lessons at the end of my resort pro career. My staff did. But when I first started, it was all me. And the one thing that I learned was that it was like the private lesson during the USPTA test. I had one hour with them, so I didn't want to make any major grip changes or anything else that would, one, take until the end of the lesson for them to accomplish, or two, not allow me to see them the next week and how the development was going. Let's say if it was a grip change, I would mention something like, hey, when you get back home, mention to your pro about using the continental grip on the serve and ask what he or she thinks about it. And that still might put a pro in a bad position at home because it may have been something that they've been overlooking. And they're like, oh, great, Mick caught it and I didn't. Now I look like an idiot. But you wanna make sure you're a little sensitive there. Now, if I could come up with something where they could see immediate success, usually a Band-Aid solution, I call them, they were happy, I was happy, and they felt like it was $70 well spent. So even if they had the wrong grip on their serve, I could still improve the serve they had and have them mention the grip to their pro back home. Now, as an academy or a camp pro, you have more time, maybe a week or more, to observe and develop a bit, so it's a bit easier to bring up a longer-term solution. At the end of camp, you would probably write out an evaluation on that student that they can take home and show their pro, if they have one. But the key is that you have time, or even extra time, Oh, you extraordinary pro you to work on it in the evenings or at lunch or even before camp starts. So now the negative. All right, so when you teach this way, making a correction on every shot, you might be confusing the student. They will have little to go on when they want to go out and practice to improve because there was so much being said and so many corrections. Now, sometimes a slick pro will use this method until they see something stick and then stay with that correction, but you need to be able to break the stroke down in your mind anyway, and find the primary issue and work on that. So if you're just starting out, here's a good way to try to diagnose the issue. Step one, remember, the ball goes exactly where the racket tells it to go at contact, so contact is definitely the key. Now we know that spin, speed, height, depth, and direction all affect how we make contact, but for you, you're probably most likely trying to give them the same ball almost every time, especially off of feed, so they can feel successful. Step two, during the warm-up, assess what's happening to most of their shots. Just in your head, just get a picture like, wow, they're hitting a lot of balls in the net. So you can start kind of developing a plan for the lesson. If 80% of their forehands are going there, what does this mean? Closed racket face at contact. Now figure out why the racket face is closing and focus on that. In episode 27, I'm going to tell you my 100% foolproof way, for me anyway, to make sure any new player gets a 20-ball rally over the net within the hour or the lesson is free. I was at 100% when I left my job up at the resort. But for now, pick one thing and stick to it. If it's a regular student, there may not be a primary issue. You are just working with them and developing their stroke or game over time. But I'm saving this for the next episode, so please stay tuned. But again, know your progressions. By progressions, we mean the five or six step process of how to hit any particular stroke, starting with the grip, the stance, backswing, forward swing, the contact, follow through and finish, all those things. So by knowing those, this will help you visualize where the problems may be occurring. Now, as a coach, you need to be able to see the stroke being hit in slow motion side by side with the visual of the perfect progression that you have in your head. So know those progressions and then just overlay that student over it and you can say, oh, I can see now that this isn't happening and that's why the ball's going in the net or whatever you're working on.
So bottom line, don't get caught in the ambulance mode, especially if you're working on a regular basis with a player. If you're seeing someone only once, picking the one thing may just make that once into a regular gig. Well, that wraps it up for episode 25 of the PTM podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, try to focus on the one thing that makes your lesson and your students more successful. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis or know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share it with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick, and I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast.